0: Welcome to The Pastor's Cut. I'm Lisa Bishop, and I oversee our women's ministry and small groups at our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent for you that would help add a little sense of rhythm to life. And to do that, we've altered the use of this podcast. We'll be teaching a short devotional every day, and we hope that you'll use this time to meditate on and to be nourished in God's Word. Well, it's good to be with you, and I'm glad that you're tuning in. It's really important to create consistency in our lives, especially in this time of disruption. And I want to encourage you to be intentional and purposeful about spending time daily with God and His Word. Today, we're going to be looking at Psalm 119, and Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the longest Bible with 176 verses. Now, we're not going to be able to cover the entirety of the psalm and our time together, but I do encourage you to read It through on your own. And today we're going to be camping out on verses 1 through 16. But before we dive into the verses, I want to give you a little bit more background. As I mentioned, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It has 22 sections, and each section is eight verses. Each section and then each of the eight verses that are in the section start with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's actually called an acrostic poem. It's really cool when you look at it. Now, the main theme of Psalm 119 is the priority of God's Word, glorifying God and His Word. And as we see throughout, the psalmist refers to Scripture over and over again. God's Word is actually referred to in almost every verse. Now, remember, there were no personal copies of the Scriptures for people to read back then as we have so readily accessible to us today. So God's people relied on memorizing His Word and passing it along orally. So the structure of this psalm aided in memorization because of how it was aligned with the Hebrew alphabet. And as you read Psalm 119 in its entirety, um, just note that you're going to see the words law, word, testimonies, commandments, statutes, precepts. These are eight words used to describe the scriptures, God's written revelation to us. Now, as far as the author goes, there's no named author, although there is some speculation of who the author is, but we do know from this psalm, and we can tell that the author is a man who has a deep love for God's Word, and His words were hopefully are going to compel us to have the same deep desire and intentionality to seek God through His Word and to walk in His ways and keep His commandments. Well, let's dive into our verses for today, and if I can encourage you, grab your Bible and read along. Psalm 119. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Now, you've probably heard the term, preach the word to yourself daily. Well, here we see a clear example of the psalmist preaching the word to himself repeatedly. He's declaring truth reminding himself of truth, meditating on God's truth, which we're going to talk about here in just a couple of minutes. And note right out of the gate that the author is quick to get our attention. He sets the stage for the power and glory of God's Word by declaring how a person lives a blessed life. Now, who doesn't want to live a blessed life? Now, here, the Hebrew word for blessed literally means blessed or happy. And I think Most of us would agree that we desire to live a blessed and happy life, but our natural inclination may not be to associate walking in, keeping, and seeking God's law and testimonies with our whole heart as the gateway to blessing and happiness. But the psalmist is really clear and very convinced from personal experience that this is true. If we're honest, if I'm honest, we can frame blessing to mean things that we get from God rather than Getting God. Let me say that again. We can frame blessing to mean things that we get from God rather than getting God. Now, I can see happiness in terms of getting my way rather than submitting to and trusting God's ways, which he says are perfect. We can see blessing in terms of material things like a nice condo or apartment in a great neighborhood. We feel blessed when God provides relationships, kids, finances, a dream job. And all these things are definitely a blessing, and God loves to bless His children. He actually invites us to ask for things in His name. So desiring blessing is not wrong. We just have to be mindful that all of those things are fleeting, but being truly blessed results from living lives that glorify and honor God, keeping our ways pure, walking in holiness. And this is only possible when we walk in the law of the Lord, when we Keep His testimonies, and we seek Him with our whole heart. So the question then becomes, how do we do that? How do we walk in the law of the Lord, keep His testimonies and seek Him with our whole heart? We can do that by knowing God's word and doing God's word. And as the psalmist says, if we jump down to verse 19 or verse 15, excuse me, it says, "I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes." On your ways. So, this is how it's possible to walk in the law of the Lord, to keep his testimonies and seek him with our whole heart when we meditate on his precepts and when we fix our eyes on his ways. So, for the rest of our time, I want to focus on how to meditate on God's word, how to meditate on his precepts. Meditating on God's word is essential to thriving. If we want to thrive and be fruitful as a believer, it is a non-negotiable to meditate on God's word. A really quick story here. In college, I remember trying to think of ways that I could learn my course study by taking shortcuts. Anybody else do that out there? Wanted uh, some shortcuts on the learning process? Well. I wanted the end result of learning and knowing the material that I would soon be tested on, but I didn't always want to put in the time or effort required. And back then, I remember something termed studying by osmosis. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but back then, there was this thought that when you go to sleep at night, you could put a book under your pillow, and when you woke up in the morning, you would have its contents memorized. Like, put your school books under your pillow so the answers seep up through the pillow and into your head. Now, in case you're thinking a little bit less of me, please don't. I didn't think it would really work, but it was worth a shot. You might be thinking, what's my point? Here's my point. I think that we can often take the same approach with God's Word. We rely on being surrounded by the information, but not bothering to study Or do any work. Maybe we don't put it under our pillow at night, but we expect to know God's Word by going to church on Sunday and hearing a sermon, which is great. Please keep listening to sermons, but we shouldn't rely on someone else's teaching of the Word to be our only means of being in and knowing God and His Word. And I know so many of us that don't even open God's Word, let alone meditate on it. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you must grow in meditating on God's precepts, and fixing your eyes on His ways. We need to carve out time to lay hold of the truth of God's awesome and powerful Word. How do we do that? Let's talk about meditation. What is meditation? The word meditate means to muse over, ponder, to plan in the mind, to purpose, or intend. Now, a lot of religions talk about meditation as a means of emptying the mind, but as followers of Christ, we actually do the opposite. We don't empty our minds. We intentionally meditate and fill our minds with God's truth. And when we meditate on God's Word, we ponder it in our hearts, we preach it to our souls, and we personally apply it to our own lives and our circumstances. We, as Paul reminds us of in Romans 12, to renew our mind with God's Word. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this is the essence of meditation. It's recalling truth, embracing it, and embedding it in our lives. It's intentionally focusing on God's truth as the filter and grid through which we sift and measure our thoughts and actions, and meditating on God's Word. Let's face it, it takes discipline. It takes intention. It takes time. It takes effort. And meditating on God's Word is more than just reading it. It's not only hearing the Word, but it's also obeying it or being a doer of the Word, as James says. Meditating on God's Word encourages us to stay close and focused on His Word no matter what swirls around us in this world and lord knows particularly in these days there are a lot of things swirling around us so meditating on god's word encourages us to stay close and focused on his word living in the freedom and knowledge of god's ways obeying his law above all else and keeping in step with his commandments is the only way to truly live wise strong Lives. We have to remember that God's Word is powerful. It is living. It is active. It never changes because He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His words are breathed straight from His heart to us. A love letter for life, not simply an old-fashioned, outdated book with no relevance for today. God's Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So we know what meditating means. Now, how do we actually Do it. How do we meditate on God's word? Here are four tips. The first is this carve out specific time. Take 15 to 30 minutes. Maybe you want to take more. And find a place each day where you're least likely to be interrupted or distracted. And get alone and meditate on God's word. Get alone and just be in God's presence. So carve out specific time. Two, start with prayer and ask God to help you. You can ask the Lord to draw you closer to Him to open your eyes to his truth, ask the Holy Spirit to instruct you and help you apply the truth to your life and transform you as you meditate on God's word. So carve out time, start with prayer and ask God to help you. The third tip on meditating is choose a small section of scripture. Think about what the passage means, study it in depth so you can understand it in context. Context is critical study who wrote it, the audience, the type of scripture it is, the purpose and intention. And also, when you study the text, look for repeated words and phrases. Highlight the things that stand out to you. Take notes. Write down questions. Memorize the passage and ask God what He wants to say to you through the text. And then the fourth way to meditate on God's Word, consider how you can apply the passage to your life in practical ways and ask God, to help you follow through in obedience to what He shows you. So meditating on God's Word is essential. We we need to carve out specific time, start with prayer and ask God to help us, choose a small section of Scripture and study it in context, and finally, consider how you can apply the passage to your life in practical ways. Well, we have run out of time. I pray that this time together has blessed you, and I just— want to leave you with this reminder of God's Word, that God's Word is your delight, your counselor, your strength, your comfort, your hope, your insight, your understanding, your discernment. God's Word is a lamp to your feet and a guide to your path. It is your peace and it is your joy. Well, you are loved. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to having you tune in tomorrow.